0: and welcome to another edition of the PHNX Dbacks podcast right here on PHNX. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and of course, uh we know we know I didn't. Of course, but uh I am joined by my vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. I am your mayor PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montia. Jesse, how was your Christmas? Did you get all the shopping done? You know,
1: I did. I did get all the shopping done. It was it was reasonably successful. Although, if you're wondering why the shelves behind me are empty. You're just giving away your stuff, aren't you? I just had to give away my backdrop <laughs> decorations for Christmas. But but the good news is my family members loved them. Oh, so I, I gave you one of those well signs
0: last year. What the <laughs> hell? Damn it. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, Derek. Gotta do what I- you gotta do. You know, while I don't like it, I, I respect it. I respect it. But, of course, <laughs> welcome on in. Of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And Jesse and I are still not over this trade that occurred on Christmas Eve, Eve, if you will. Uh, Dalton Varsho being traded to the Toronto Blue Jays, along with some tools to be named later uh, for Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, we've had a lot of time to kind of soak this in. We've had a lot of feedback from both Blue Jays fans and Arizona Diamondbacks fans, which has been very cool. Uh, shout out to our friends from Canada and and a Blue Jays fans because you guys have been, uh, of course, a- as expected, tremendously respectful and kind. Which <laughs> we're not used to that around here. We don't know how to we don't know how to take that, but uh, it feels like Jesse that everybody uh, the 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 general consensus is that this was a pretty, pretty big win win for both teams.
1: I think that is the general consensus. Yeah, the more that I've read up on some different pieces of analysis on this move that have been put out there. Uh, Keith law wrote something about it over at the athletic. There have been a couple of other, um, websites that have done analyses as well. Um, ESPN seemed to view this as sort of a slam dunk for the diamondbacks, but I think there is a a general consensus that, Yeah, this is like your classic, like good baseball trade right? It's like the Diamondbacks had a whole bunch of outfielders. They really could use a franchise catcher, something that unfortunately Carson Kelly has not really been able to be for them, at least not on a consistent basis. That's been something that has been kind of a hole in the organization for a long time. That's a need that this team had, and they were able to trade an outfielder to go get it. And on the Blue Jays side, they had a surplus of catchers, and they really needed an outfielder, especially a left-handed hitting outfielder, given how right-handed heavy their lineup has already been um last year and, and over the last couple of years um and so they get their guy in, in Dalton Varshow. so I think from a value standpoint it's it's pretty even on both sides and I think it's yeah it's just kind of like your good old-fashioned baseball trade where like both teams get what they need and give away something that they can sort of afford to lose
0: I didn't really feel like attacking Dalton Varsho negatively on Friday's emergency podcast. <laughs> what I will say, uh, just kind of latching on to some of the points you made the Varshow is, we know how incredible of a player I- he is. And I think that's the reason yeah. why uh, ESPN might be saying this is a slam dunk for the diamondbacks because they don't know how valuable of a player he is. They're paying attention to certain stats uh, stats that we don't really value that highly around here, like batting average and such, right? WAR is a much better indication of how valuable a player really is, and batting average and such. Yeah, the the home run numbers are pretty good. Batting average is not great. Uh, there's a lot of things there that aren't great. You look at Dalton Varsho's past. Technically, he's a failed catcher himself. If you want to call him that, I I I don't want to call him that. But yeah, could. I don't know if that. I mean. I don't know if you can be a failed catcher if you turn into like an elite outfielder. ah, Like that's that's odd. That's (laughs) very true. It's very true. You're you're absolutely right. And that's why it's not really that, right? It's almost like he was pretty good in the minors as a catcher. He was being brought up as a catcher, got to a major league level, found out he didn't really have that much value as a major league catcher. Maybe, maybe. Uh, If they wanted to commit to that with him, maybe they could have continued down that path and just tried to help him improve as a catcher. But for the most part, something there indicated that he was going to be much more valuable in the outfield, like what you're saying, than he was behind the plate. It's less of a, oh, hey, you were bad behind the plate, and maybe more of a, you just are so much better in the outfield than your." mediocre play behind the plate let's say or 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 even average right like I'm not not trying to take away from him what we saw though we was we saw him be as you said elite defensively in the outfield and that's the big difference here Dalton Varsho hasn't had that much time to kind of have that acknowledgement of being an elite defender in center field right um but Uh, And Connor Pearson said, I think failed is a strong term because he still did catch a bit last year. If I'm not mistaken, you're right, but they abandoned that early on. And then Mike Hazen made comments middle of the season that said that he was not going to be behind the plate any longer when, when asked about it. So, um, I, I'm not, I'm not saying he, he couldn't have caught at a major league level and who knows what happens with his career going to Toronto. They don't really need a catcher, so that's right. <laughs> one one area for him that's going to be good, but you know, he could still serve as a backup if the situation ever came up. And I think that to be honest, the, with his defensive uh, prowess in the in the outfield, no one's going to want him behind the plate, really. Yeah. I will say though though that overall when you look at what the Diamondbacks brought Varsh up as, right? He was their catcher of the future, technically. And it hasn't really worked out in that manner. So bringing in Gabriel Moreno, who's rated by Baseball America as the number three prospect in baseball, that that seems to be like such a solid move for the Diamondbacks in acquiring back what they thought they were getting to a degree out of Varsho initially when he was in their system as a minor league player.
1: I think think Varsho, like the fact that he's not a a catcher or has not at least the Diamondbacks did not view him as a catcher long term. I think it was pretty clear that if Dalton Varsho uh, were coming back with the Diamondbacks next season, he probably wouldn't play a single inning at catcher, barring some sort of an emergency situation. Um, And yeah, for the Jays fans who are here, you know, kind of wondering, you know, is this guy a catcher? Can he catch? I think he could. But I think given how elite he was in the outfield, it's like, why would you possibly want him to? Right. I mean, if he's so, so good. Yeah. And that, why would you even want him to catch? And I think that's what the, the conclusion the Diamondbacks came to. It's less about, oh, Dalton Varsho couldn't catch or he's well below average a catcher. I think he was probably a little bit below average, but certainly he could have grown in that area. It was just like, right. Hey, this guy is the best defensive outfielder in baseball. Why are we wasting our time trying to teach him how to play the most difficult defensive position on the field when he's already so incredibly good at, you know, playing center field or playing in, in one of the outfield corners. Um, one thing I do want to bring up on show kind of going back to what you said earlier about, um, just like his trajectory as a diamondback and and kind of how his career has evolved so far, Varsho offensively has some has some flaws that I think it's important not only for uh, maybe Jay's fans to recognize now that he's going over there, but also for Diamondbacks fans who maybe really fell in love with Dalton Varsho and understandably so. He's a great right. guy, right? Just an incredible player with what he did on what he did defensively at twenty seven home runs. There's tons of value here. But it's important to recognize, I think that Dalton Varsho, had had some kinks in it, in his game, um, and I think, namely, it, it stands out to me that Dalton Varshow uh, pulled the ball at the highest rate of any player in baseball with a minimum of 450 plate appearances. There are some concerns with his approach. I think he he sort of had a sell-out-for-power approach at the plate toward
0: the end of the year. Um, we, ta- we talked about that, though, and the defensive yeah. changes, the, the rule changes as far as the shift is concerned uh, are probably only going to help him next season. Right, as far as his batting average yeah, goes, correct. right because of him but being but such I a think also
1: Dalton Dalton Varsho also hits a ton of fly balls, like a lot of fly balls, and so that's going to limit how much he's able. He will benefit from the shift restrictions, I think, but it's gonna it's gonna limit how much he's able he's able to benefit in in the long term. Um, so yeah, he's he's. He, he's a good offensive player, but he's certainly not a, a great one. Um, and the other big thing here is that Dalton Varsho has really struggled to hit lefties. He has a in, in 2022, he had about a 550 OPS against lefties. Um, and frankly, that that's a pretty big thing, right? Like you can't yeah. really become a true star player. If you're if your platoon splits are that extreme. And I think there's certainly a chance that Dalton Varsho could overcome that at some point down the road. But as of yet, that's something he hasn't really learned how to do yet. He actually took a slight step back in that regard in 2022 compared to to, to yep. years prior.
0: I am the Larry in the comments says baseball America's write up didn't even mention Varsho's defensive stats in their write up. So again, there's that's something it's a bit that, of an oversight. <laughs> it, it's it's something that we can't stress enough uh as, as people that watched var this entire season and even last season. Yeah. He's he's incredible in the outfield defensively. You guys are really getting yourselves one of the best defenders in baseball. And like, like you said, it doesn't make it to the write-up. Oftentimes, especially with trades like this, what the big concern is is what Toronto is giving up as far as Gabriel Moreno being the number three prospect in baseball. Jesse said this more than once on Friday's show, but teams just don't do that. It's the yeah. reason why Corbin Carroll is untouchable compared to the other outfielders. It's not to say that it's a guarantee Carroll is going to have a better career than Thomas or McCarthy or even Varsho, but the Diamondbacks just value him far too much for him to even be somebody they're taking phone calls on, right? Uh, but, and, and going back to Varsho, I do want to say, uh, I think someone said that they Toronto wasn't looking for a catcher. I totally get that. I was speaking from a perspective of the Arizona Diamondbacks, right? That's really... For, for those of you that remember when Varsho was a prospect in the, in the minors, he was their top guy for a period of time. He was yeah. the next, you know, big thing for the Diamondbacks. So I just don't really know, you know, a, again, I guess you could consider him a bit of a disappointment. Uh, also, he is absolutely one of the best defenders in baseball. So I, you you also can't consider it a disappointment. What you could say is he just didn't turn out to be the position that the Diamondbacks were acquiring him at and yeah. basically putting all their eggs in the future of catching in, in his basket, right? Uh, it's not to say moves can't be made. It's not to say that they couldn't go in a different direction. They tried to. We talked about the Sean Murphy thing. Obviously, there's other moves they tried to make uh, that – Who knows? May have involved involved Dalton Dalton Varshow going to a different team. This trade makes a lot of sense for both ball clubs, and I think in the end, both teams are going to be very happy with the players they acquired. The Diamondbacks have now four of the top 20 prospects in baseball. Gabriel Moreno, uh, according to Baseball America, Gabriel Moreno at three, Corbin Carroll at five, Jordan Lawler at 11, and Drew Jones at 19. So if that doesn't excite you, you (laughs) might need to check your pulse. All right, you might... (laughs) You might not have made it through Christmas, but uh it's a very exciting time. The future is exciting. And it's also exciting because uh, two of those guys, the top two, are going to be on this team next season contributing and helping the D-backs win ball games.
1: It's just wild to me. Like how you know how much time have we spent talking about Corbin Carroll and Jordan Lawler and, and Drew Jones, and and at least according to baseball America, not not all of the prospect analysts out there would necessarily agree with this but at least according to baseball america gabby moreno is is the best prospect out of all of those guys uh which is just wild to to think about and that and that's why like like if you go over to espn and and read what they wrote about this trade or if you read what keith law wrote about this trade i have yet to see any well-respected baseball mind think of this trade as a bad move for the D-backs. I haven't that is a take I have not seen from a single individual. And not to right. say that people are saying oh there's a bad move for the Jays. I haven't really seen much of that either. Um but when you get a guy like Gabby Moreno, it's just like 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 we said earlier, you just don't teams just don't trade those kinds of players. And the D-backs yeah. paid handsomely for it. Varsho is a great player and is really really great defensively and and certainly has another level that maybe he could reach with the bat. But when you're getting a guy like that, it's really, really hard to lose from a value standpoint. At least, obviously, there's a chance that Gabby Moreno doesn't become the catcher that the Diamondbacks think that he will be. Very but true. but on, from a value standpoint, it's really, really hard on paper to say that this was a bad move
0: for the D-backs. Jesse, here's the thing, though. You could say that about trades, free agency pickups, or anything. Far too often in baseball, guys are rewarded for what they have done in the past. Versus what people truly feel they're capable of doing in the future. Prospects seem to only be the only ones judged on that scale of what you're going to do in the future versus what you've done in the past. Um, But that's not the only part of the trade. I mean, Blue Jays fans had some things to say. I did see some Jays fans kind of talking about how, you know, the negatives uh, for, for both Moreno and uh, the other part of that trade, which is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, But I know some question marks surround Guriel's uh, defensive play. Uh, he, yeah, he doesn't. It's probably not going to be a starter in this lineup unless he starts at DH. But but he he might he might still give Lavolo some options just as far as platoons go. Or or we know Lavolo never is going to play the same lineup two days in a row. So we know that that fits into p- potentially Guriel being a utility guy that could fill in both in the outfield and the infield. He might not be uh, that great, but he definitely does seem delightful as a personality. (laughs) I can't wait to be around this guy. His hair is incredible. And, uh, you know, again, I don't really think he was the focus of this trade. Uh, you actually looked into it. His, his contract does end after this season. So, yeah, I mean, it would kind of make sense for them to be going after this trade more for Moreno than, than for Gurriel.
1: Yeah, Moreno is is definitely, you know, the the key part of this return. There's no question about that. But um yeah, it it is true. I know we we weren't totally sure what the deal was on on Friday with Gurriel's contract situation. It is indeed just one year of team control. So the D-backs just have him for 2023, then he would become a free agent uh next offseason. But yeah, apparently I I read uh, from a a Blue Jays writer over the at, over at the athletic that the Diamondbacks would not would not make this move without Gurriel being included um mm-hmm. which I think might have been a difficult thing for the Blue Jays because mm-hmm. Gurriel did still serve a purpose in in their lineup and on their yeah. roster and mm-hmm. so sure. you know they're a good team and they're not really looking to deal major league players necessarily um yeah. so I think I think that wasn't in, in some ways a, a big loss for them but yeah from the D-backs perspective Gurriel is Uh, A a helpful piece to have for sure. I don't think you're going to see him play any infield. Most likely Uh, Mike Hazen did say that, you know, once they get him uh, here and and they kind of talk to him a little bit, they'll maybe see if, if playing some infield would be something he's comfortable with, but sounds like it's probably going to be left field. And then most likely, as you said, some opportunity at DH as well.
0: Uh, Gabriel says, I think Guriel is probably a salary dump on the Blues Jays side. I don't think so. I don't think he's, yeah, I, I still he's think too he good.
1: Has, he's too yeah. good to be a, a salary dump and he's only making about $5 million. So, um, then, you know, they're saving a little bit of money there, but that's, that's money pretty well spent on a guy like yeah.
0: Guriel. We've talked about how teams right now don't really want to give up guys. They would much rather pay out, out of the nose for guys that they want to bring on rather than giving up their own players. A big part of that is not seeing these guys go off and have success somewhere else. Who knows? Maybe Gurriel ends up being the, the the diamond in the rough of this trade and ends up being a bigger contributor to the team than Gabriel Moreno. Baseball's weird like that. That could totally be the case. <laughs> I feel like you know something
1: I mean? something's gone seriously wrong. If if Gurriel in one That's- year. Produces more value than Moreno over six years, but but he true. is
0: a he is a good player. Oh, I, mean, I didn't mean that. I didn't year. mean I didn't mean that. I didn't okay, mean that. They, okay. just during the co- <laughs> Jesse. They just can extend people. Okay. They can bring people back. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just mean in the general. We've we've had situations like that. We've seen situations in baseball. Hell, right now, Bleacher Report has this incredible uh, uh, article up about. Uh, the 10 biggest nightmare contracts by 2025, taking a look, e- they even gave Jacob deGrom's brand new contract with the Texas Rangers <laughs> as one of those potentially nightmarish contracts, right? But in going through that article, not only do they address contracts right now that might not be bad, but might become bad here in the near future. They also address some contracts that were given out that are just horrible now by comparison looking back on them and some of them were as as much as like a year or two ago Anthony Radon with the Los Angeles Angels Chris Bryant with the Colorado Rockies like there's a lot of bad contracts out there where teams owe guys a lot of money and those guys are not producing for those teams it just it happens in baseball it's not something uh that that you know I I, I don't, I don't even feel like it happens as often in other sports as it does in baseball but uh, if you if you want to be happy, the Diamondbacks didn't go out and just throw their cash around like a madman, read that article. It'll, it's it's one of those pieces that really makes you reflect on how much money they can give someone who turns around and for the next two seasons hits below two twenty five. Just saying, just saying, uh, you know the Diamondbacks at least have something very exciting on the, on the horizon. They have something to look forward to. We have talked at length about this team, not even knowing who their core is. And I think if Gabby Moreno ends up being a piece of this team, that's valuable for the future that they, they, they have almost established their core between Zach gallon, between yeah. guys like Brandon fought and Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison, you have that wonderful outfield I mean you have Christian Walker dialed in at first base so many of these guys are under team control for a, a, an extended period of time that really you the future is so bright for this team the next step maybe next offseason is when they do that spending maybe next offseason is when they a- add that big free agent piece that might be that thing to get them over the hump but I don't know um they they still they they I think that they still have things looking pretty good for 2023, I don't even want to think about beyond that this season. We're going to have some fun <laughs> and we did it without opening up our wallets and dumping it all into the toilet like some teams did. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you haven't had a chance to do so already, make sure to check out gophnx.com. Get yourself a diehards membership, become a phnx diehards. We have these incredible membership cards. Uh, where are you going to flash them at i don't know maybe at the door to get into secret speakeasies that we come up with these are the kind of crazy things that we're we're planning in the future events uh discounts to Uh, merchandise over at the phnxlocker.com your free piece of merchandise as a member every single year Uh, all of that stuff over at gophnx.com get yourself a diehard membership join us in the diehard lounge uh, on discord the best place to be an arizona sports fan and get jesse's wonderful uh diehard only pieces like his diehard newsletter which of course keeps you updated on all the arizona diamondbacks news jesse what do you got cooking for these people for these fine folks
1: uh, we have, we have some, some Zach gallon extension related things mm. in the works. So I don't know if that'll be this week or next week or, or when exactly that will be, but um, can you give me a preview? Am I going to hate you afterwards? Well, so it, it, I mean, it, yes, I'm taking the answer.
0: Yes. When you I'm, say, I'm taking, well, like that, I know it's yes.
1: <laughs> I'm taking the realistic approach and I'm, I'm looking at Scott Boris's history And, uh, (laughs) you know, the players, he has had some players sign extensions. Uh, It's a common misconception that Scott Boris has never had a client actually sign an extension. It is rare, um, but I'm going to kind of look back and
0: does he ever do it before the end of the contract?
1: It it has happened. Yeah, it has happened with, I believe, uh, like a full season remaining. Uh, Steven Strasberg is one of the more mm. prominent names that, that we've seen that, you know, Scott Boris client uh, did sign an extension. I want to say that was fairly well out in advance of, of Strasburg's contract expiring, not by like years, but maybe by one season or something like that. So anyway, we're going to take a deep dive into Scott Boris's history uh, as an agent and see. What, the, what that might mean about the Diamondbacks and their chances of bringing back Zach Gallon long-term. Wonderful.
0: Well, make sure to check that out over at gophnx.com. If you haven't grabbed yourself a membership, make sure to do so. And of course, your membership, your diehard membership will get you a discount to our upcoming and inaugural PHNX Tea Party, where we are going to be out at the dobson ranch golf course on january 13th friday the 13th as jesse loves to point out uh we're going to be having ourselves a blast diehards get a discount on the entry fee entry includes all sorts of great stuff not only are you going to get into uh the big event which is uh a phnx sun's watch party we are going to be renting out the entire driving range and that Entry fee will get you unlimited range balls, a set of rental clubs. You'll get to watch the game uh, Suns versus the Timberwolves on jumbo screens. We're also giving you a one free hour of range time and golf balls at Dobson Ranch to be used at a later time. We're going to be playing mini games. Jesse's going to be beating your ass in ping pong. Uh, We're going to have contests for longest drive, putting challenges, and more. Uh, there'll be all sorts of food and drink available for purchase, along with offerings from our PHNX locker and our partners. There'll also be a free kids clinic provided for all kids 10 and under. So join us on January 13th, presented by the Four Peaks, our fine, fine friends at Four Peaks, uh, where they will also be out there providing beer samples and swag. Our PHNX Sunscrew crew will be hosting that watch party and so much more. So check the link in the description, reserve your spot right now. And for diehards, check the discord for your special link where you'll save 20% off on this incredible event. Uh, and also shout out to our friends at four peaks. If you don't get to make it out to the Dobson ranch golf course, make sure to grab yourself some four peaks beer, wherever you get your beer and enjoy responsibly must be 21 or over to enjoy. Uh, and Jesse, I know we have so many questions. We could go on talking about Gabriel Moreno for the next like hour and a half but it's monday right it's monday you know what we do around here every week is shark week every day is Earth day and every monday we go to the mailbag leah let's go my mailbox always something interesting in my mailbox i try to get to everything in my mailbox and then once in a while there's a letter that makes me go wow wow Shout out to Mega
1: Ran, of course, for that wonderful. Didn't jam. somebody, I think we got somebody ask, like as a mailbag question, how can I get the mailbag Monday theme song as like was, a
0: ringtone or something? Was that a real question? Well, there's a really easy I way to do that. I feel like that was a real question. We'll we'll get that we'll get that out to you guys. But of course, uh, that is a mega ran hit, a mega ran classic, if you will. So uh, I'll make sure to put that out there uh on Twitter. So if you were the one looking there for that, go. we'll get the link out to you guys. Uh ASAP. But uh, Leah, let's go with our first question, shall we? Uh Kyle Collins, friend Kyle Collins, says, how are we feeling about third base at the moment? Longo still realistically on the table? How would we feel about possibly bringing in Brian Anderson if Longo is off the table? Happy holidays, y'all. Uh, I think Evan Longoria is still on the table. I know nothing has really changed. I'm sure the Diamondbacks are pr- still probably looking at some options. They still have some pieces that, that I mean, you could consider a, a to be a bit expendable. So they might be trying to bring someone over via trade, but Evan Longoria on a one-year deal still seems like a pretty good fit for this team.
1: I think it's possible. I think it's definitely possible. Um, I do think that the fact that the D backs have Guriel in the mix, it feels like right now, if Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy look good in spring training and are a full go for an everyday role, along with Corbin Carroll, um, I think you'd see a lot of Guriel at DH. And and if that's the case, I'm not sure if bringing in Evan Longoria is that much of a need, frankly. The D-backs have a, a decent platoon set up at third base with Josh Rojas and Emmanuel Rivera. If you look at Rivera's numbers against lefties and you look at Rojas's numbers against righties, and then you look at Evan Longoria's like overall, offensive numbers, there's not a big difference. It, it's kind of hard to make the case that Evan Longoria in more of a full-time role, granted, he's probably going to get hurt at some point, but having Evan Longoria as your everyday third baseman, I'm not sure if it's really an upgrade over Josh Rojas and Emmanuel Rivera doing sort of a platoon over there. I also think Rivera is a better third baseman than Longoria is at this point. Maybe, maybe Longoria and Rojas are, are somewhat even, but defensively, you're probably gonna improve if you go with with uh some more Emmanuel Rivera innings there.
0: There you go. All right, what else we got, Leah? <clears throat> Larry Jones, uh, who I believe is I Am the Larry. Are you I Am the Larry? I think you are. Uh is still here in the chat. It it, their, his Twitter uh, handle is uh I am the Larry
1: six nine six nine. So Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm I, guessing I'm, that I am gonna go out on a limb and
0: say they're the same person. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Uh there's still at least six outfielders on the MLB roster. Will any others be on the move, perhaps for pitching a Thomas for Jesus Luzardo trade, for example, makes a ton of sense for both sides. Mm. Uh, yeah, except for my heart. I don't like that <laughs> one bit. I, I feel like after losing Dalton Varsho, it's a bit much to expect the Diamondbacks to trade any more outfielders.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, But I I understand where you're coming from, because yes, like on paper, the D-backs had a surplus of outfielders and they traded one away, but also got one in return. Um, So I understand where you're coming from. It seems like there is still sort of a surplus there. But I think at this point, given that Gurriel might be more of a DH when all is said and done, I think if you moved Alec Thomas, you'd, you'd be in a position where you had to either play Gurriel in left field every day. Um, and you wouldn't necessarily have a long term answer there since Guriel is is only a one year guy. Um, And I also think that there's still some risk, right, with with either Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas or even Corbin Carroll, frankly, you know, maybe struggling a little bit. They're still all very early in their careers. Um, You know, there could be some some sophomore slump sort of uh, situation that we see with any of those guys. I think having a healthy amount of depth at the position is good. I'd be very, very surprised if the D-backs dealt one of their other big name outfielders. That would be a lot of movement in that
0: regard for one offseason. I'm also not ready to trade for Luzardo just because of one good season. I mean, it's not to say he's Luzardo filthy. But, yeah, Luzardo filthy. I mean,
1: but I understand yeah. the the concern. There's a lot
0: of risk right. there. It's it's not just risk, but it's like I I don't know if I right now if I'm doing something to move a potential piece that. was considered to be the future of this team like alec thomas i'm not doing it for a guy that just had one good season statistically right it's hard to tell because he's always pitched for bad teams he's been on the oakland a's and he's been on the miami marlins so who knows what he can do if he's actually on a competitive team but right now he has a career era of uh over four and a half so i'm not ready to bring that guy on without seeing more from him and i think that most teams are probably in a similar position that that's The knee-jerk reaction I think organizations make entirely too much is seeing a guy have one good season, feel like this is the guy he's going to be without looking at his past and and realizing he was more consistently subpar than he was at being an all-star like last year.
1: Luzardo, he's had a lot of injury issues over the years. So I, I really do think that's played a, a big role like Luzardo, like healthy. Jesus Luzardo is a really, really good pitcher. And he kind of showed very that true. last year, but yeah, you're true. right. There's, there's just so much risk with, you know, what, what, what does the next chapter in his career actually look like from an injury standpoint? I'm not sure you feel comfortable enough with that to, to make that kind of a move, but it is a reasonable suggestion back before the Varshow trade. Alec Thomas for Jesus Lizardo is kind of a, uh, at least the framework of a trade that I had in my head as well. I think it, it
0: could have made some sense for both sides. All right, Leah, what else we got? Uh, is Lourdes defense a concern from our friend AZ Girl, AZDbacks192 on Twitter? Uh, I don't know. Yes, I would say yes, but I have no concerns about his defense until I see him on the field for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Does that is that <laughs> silly of me to say that? Like... I mean, yeah. Defensively, his metrics don't look great, and I understand that he's an average to below average defender anywhere he plays on the diamond. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I have this strong belief in a change of scenery and a change of coaching staff, and and how little things might be able to help him. Maybe places that they can play him where he's not going to be uh, a huge, uh, you know, left field places like that. You know, where he's not going to get a, a ton of balls hit his way. I, I don't really know. I, I, I'd i say at this point, though, that doesn't stop me, even if I'm the Diamondbacks, from making this deal. It's interesting that you brought up that he was a key part of the deal that the Diamondbacks wanted, so obviously it's not a concern to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the D-backs just kind of have had a wide-open uh, hole at DH sort of where now yep. that Dalton Varsho is is no longer on the roster they have a lot of DH at bats out there and I expect that's the majority of the at bats that, that Gurriel will get um, he graded out okay in left field um, he's not he's not a disaster defensively in left field I don't think um, I have heard just anecdotally a number of Toronto Blue Jays fans say that Gurriel is one of those players who just kind of does dumb things. Um, yeah. And I can't really speak yeah. to that personally, but apparently <laughs> defensively on the base paths, he's one of those guys who occasionally just kind of has mental lapses. Um, So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see some of that this next year. But yeah, if, if Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy and Corbin Carroll come into spring training and are playing well and looking good, I don't think you'll, you'll see much of Gurriel defensively. And that's, that's probably the ideal outcome for the D backs in the long run here.
0: I don't want to say he's young because he's 29 years old, but maturity is a thing. Sometimes it comes, you know, at, at some point unexpectedly, right? Uh, I I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, uh, look, we've already seen the antics of this guy that's why i I think he's delightful and i can't wait for him to be a part of he's hilarious yeah there is (laughs) there you you can't be that much fun and also be mature is what i'm saying like the two don't (laughs) go hand in hand right so there is still some immaturity i'm still uh, i'm uh, i'm sure that's still there i'm sure it might not even go away but of course uh the beautiful part about it is that you never know what you know a trade like this is going to do for a guy's career even if he doesn't stay here in arizona this might just be one of those seasons where he breaks out and then leaves and we all like remember that one season that we had with Lourdes guriel that was magic just like just like <laughs> just like our pal that's over uh in la now mr martinez so anyway uh what else do we got we got another one leah for this yeah Uh, Of course. Yep. Here we go. Michael Rokicky wants to know (laughs) where does Lourdes Goriel's hair rank in Diamondbacks all-time hairdos? Very highly, very highly. Man hasn't even played an inning. Hasn't stepped on the field yet for the D-backs, but I'm ranking his hair very highly. We've talked about this. You have to have great hair to be a part of this team. It's a requirement. And to be honest, the people with, with, with poor hair probably, you know, should watch out. I'm not saying this factored into the Dalton Varshow deal, but is Dalton Marshall not have a shaved head? I rest my case. I rest my case.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean like so the D backs currently, I mean they, they have they have some pretty some pretty impressive hair on the roster already. Right. Like yeah. like Jake McCarthy, like if it's Jake, if it's Fantastic. Jake McCarthy versus Lourdes Guerrero Jr., I don't I don't know, <sighs> frankly, which which side of that I would take. Uh, thinking back many years, uh I don't know, like like Clay Zavada you know, with like the, with the mustache and, uh, he had quite a flow going as well. He comes yeah. to mind, uh, right. Randy Johnson. We don't talk enough oh about God. Randy Johnson's hair,
0: right? So. All time. Great mullet. All time. great mullet. By the way, I saw someone ask what, uh, what Jersey Randy Johnson would wear into the hall of fame. Are we, are, are we serious? How is it out of diamond bags? Jersey. Where else did he win multiple Cy Young awards and a World Series? Like this is crazy. Talk to me. (laughs) I know we all think of Randy Johnson in his Seattle Mariners hat. I do too. When I dream at night, it doesn't mean that that's the jersey that he should go into the Hall with, and you know it. Period. Uh,
1: Alec Thomas. Alec Thomas or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Who who you taking from a hair standpoint?
0: Man, I don't know where Alec Thomas's hair is going. I I feel like Thomas's hair has untapped potential. Right? It never ceases to amaze me when he takes it It like he takes his hat off and there's just a new thing under there it's wild <laughs> his hair was so crazy that like uh, it infected david pralta david pralta had the same hair going on it was <laughs> contagious it was wild but anyway probably alec thomas for now for now for now uh, of course <laughs> we thank you guys for being here it's a wonderful mailbag monday uh if you guys haven't subscribed to the phnx sports youtube channel already I don't know why you haven't. What are you doing? Do that now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows go live. Even if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan, you're just here hanging out. Get down on it. You might enjoy it. Maybe you become a Suns fan. I don't know. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've always thought of the Raptors and the Suns of being like connected in some way, mostly because of the Colangelos. But anyway, uh, we thank you guys for being here, regardless of your affiliation with sports teams. Make sure you subscribe, sign up for notifications. Leave us a thumbs up. We appreciate you for doing so. Uh if you haven't done so already please subscribe to our audio podcast uh on whatever your favorite audio podcast app is leave us a review we thank you guys so much for doing so and uh before we get on to more mailbag questions i want to give a shout out to our friends at more furniture for of course giving us uh not only a wonderful uh, array of furniture at the office but of course for their wonderful sales that you can get over at morefurniture.com their christmas uh, their Christmas clearance sale is over. If you missed it, I'm sorry that you did, but right now and to make up for it, uh, Moore's going to send over free white glove delivery service with a minimum purchase of $1,999. Like that's like elves coming to your house to bring you your furniture in white gloves. Like, Do you get any fancier than that? That shit's fancy as fuck. So anyway, get down on that over at morefurniture.com. Get yourself some new furniture and make your house uh, a brand new space for you to live in in 2023, because that's what uh, it's all about. We're all about uh, getting better every single year, and we're going to do that in 2023. Uh, Jesse, we got some more mailbag questions. Leah, what do we got? Uh, our friend Gabriel, AKA known troublemaker asks, what were your wishes for this team at this time last year? Did any come true? And what are your wishes for this year? Well, I know my wish at this time last year was, can we fucking play baseball for God's sake? Can we just <laughs> play some baseball? So yes, my wishes came true. I wanted uh baseball to no longer be locked out. And eventually it wasn't right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean that yeah, if you're talking about like a year ago right now, I mean that's all we were <laughs> literally coming here right every single day doing a live stream talking about the latest news. Uh you know, the latest report from Jeff Passen saying that there was no deal and there never was going to be a deal yeah. and it just felt like it was rinse and repeat with that narrative for you know, six to eight weeks or something before momentum actually started. Uh, we started to had, feel some had, of that momentum. You had John
0: Heyman and Bob Nightingale over here trying to give us hope, and then you had Jeff Passage <laughs> just, just dousing our dousing our hopes with water every single day, just putting those flames of hope right out every single day with his. You know, I mean, logic. that was that was big
1: though, right? Because like there was some serious concern over like we really might miss a couple months of baseball. Like we really might be looking at an opening day in June or July or, yeah. you know, just like a completely upended season of this game that we all love. And that didn't happen. Um and and for me just as like a baseball fan in general, that was like that was all I wanted for Christmas in some ways last year at this time, right? Like just yeah. give me a normal baseball season. Yeah. And and we did. We did essentially get that. I mean, it was delayed by a week, but other than that it was basically you know, the spring training ramp up was quick. Uh, we lost some, some Cactus League games. That was unfortunate. But by and large, it was a pretty normal season of baseball.
0: Did it make you appreciate baseball more the way that like the pandemic made us appreciate going to the store again or going <laughs> like living life outdoors again? Like it it almost felt like a similar situation where it, all it took was taking what like what you said, that normalcy away, the, the thing that we're used to are every year that we get to do this at this time and we've never really been stopped from doing it and now all of a sudden we can't do the things we've we've normally done right so like yeah i felt like last year was i i was i was more appreciative of baseball being back last year than a normal season obviously
1: yeah and i'm just I, i'm finding myself this offseason just so appreciative of like what a normal baseball off season is like, and just all of the awesome things that happen like this has been low key, maybe not even low key, maybe high key, like a very fun off season of baseball. There yes. has been a lot of, yeah. a lot of big free agents. They all signed relatively early. This isn't like some of the past few years where some of the big fish in free agency you know, lingered until January, February. Like you've got pitchers and catchers reporting and some of the big name guys still don't have a team. That didn't happen this year. And it's just been fun. It's just been fun to be like, wow, this is like in a normal year, the baseball offseason is actually a really fun time for the sport. We just got so used, like these last couple of years, to just some bizarre things happening. Um, and, you know, some of the markets for certain players just lingering out months and months and months. It's been a lot of fun just seeing kind of a return to normalcy this offseason on, on a number of different fronts.
0: I'll give you uh, another thing going back to the question about, you know, what were, were our wishes for this year? Uh, my wish all my wishes came true. Uh, and I think it exceeded my expectations as far as what wishes I would see. I think I wished to see Corbin Carroll, knowing I wouldn't, knowing like ninety nine point nine percent that I wouldn't see him on the major league roster last year. Alec Thomas, a lot more, a lot more reasonable, felt like was somebody we were going to see, but we, you know, that didn't disappoint. And we got to see Thomas early on. He had success right out of the gate. Not only was he Pretty damn good offensively early on, but defensively, he was a lock in center field. So uh, I think that we just wanted to see the young guys come up, get some playing time and flourish. And we wanted to see this team not win, not lose 100 games. And I think that's uh, all of that was everything we could have asked for considering the disaster (laughs) that was twenty twenty one. Isn't it crazy
1: though? Just how the expectations have changed. Like, like the wish has gone from "don't lose a hundred games" to
0: like, all make right, like,
1: like now, yeah. yeah, now, like you should probably be in the mix for a wild card spot. Yeah. Like, get that wild Jesus. card
0: spot, make it to the World Series, like the Phillies did, like the Phillies kind of did. Yeah. yeah, like
1: I think some DVAC fans have genuinely talked themselves into that for twenty twenty three, It somehow it doesn't actually feel that crazy.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, what else we got? Uh, Preston Smith asks, Do you think there is any chance the D backs try to make a run for Ar- Arnaldus Chapman? I, what are your <laughs> thoughts, Jesse? I mean, that's not, I assume we, uh, we mean, we mean Araldus Chapman, Ar- 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 Arnoldus, Ar- Arnoldus Chapman. I like Ar- <laughs> Arnoldus better. Uh, Ar-Naldes Chapman, what are your thoughts on this being viable? I mean, obviously, there's some character issues when it comes to Chapman, there's some other things off the field that the Diamondbacks might not want to be interested in i i I, yeah this this kind of goes to a morality thing not on the same level as trevor bauer that we were discussing the other day but maybe on a similar level where there there's some stuff that them backs you know not just not just personal stuff that he's gone through in the past but even last season with the yankees where it seemed like you know there was a weird ending to his time there due to not being on the on the playoff roster
1: yeah, I mean are, are all this Chapman, like, like, look, the guy, the guy broke into the big leagues at age twenty-two. He was, you know, one of the best relievers in the game, if not the best reliever for, you know, six, seven, eight years, mostly while he was in Cincinnati. Um, and and I think he's gotten to the point now where he's like no longer that guy, right? Araldus Chapman yeah. at this point is 34 years old. will be 30 he'll be 35 by opening day of next year you look at his numbers for the yankees last year all the character things aside he just wasn't that good frankly um he had 28 walks and 36 in the third innings that's way too many walks to really be an effective reliever uh the strikeout numbers are still there to a certain degree didn't allow that many hits but i don't i don't see it i think the d-backs are looking for guys in the bullpen that they can count on a little bit a little bit more so um whereas frankly Araldis chapman had an era of four and a half last year and and that's I don't know if that's really to the level that the D backs are looking for, all of those character issues aside. So I, I would be really surprised if if that happened.
0: Does he still throw triple digits, Jesse?
1: You know, that's a good question. I don't know if this is a retort. Do you know, do you know the answer to this question? I Does don't. He still- I'm asking
0: I was more asking if you knew because I, I, I don't that's gonna so. judge if he can be in this bullpen or not this season, because that's all we're just going for triple digit guys now. That's it. He um, averaged 97.5 last year right. so he probably oh.
1: touched triple digits yeah. but right. but I don't Pull think he, he didn't I mean in in 2016 he averaged 101.2 so he's he's not he's not that guy uh he's not that guy anymore
0: uh, I am the Larry in the chat we confirmed it was his Twitter account earlier he says please don't go get Chapman we don't need any past domestic violence guys I don't I mean I I don't disagree with that i don't think most people would i think the problem is is that after a while that 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 factor starts to get murky when it comes to well can you still throw the ball right so it's like I, I think that's the biggest problem with sports if it was up to me none of these assholes that you know commit crimes or do things while they're a professional athlete would be allowed back in the sport because frankly it should be a privilege to to earn millions of dollars playing a professional sport but there's no way all owners of every sport are all going to get on board with that shit there's always going to be one guy that's like we'll bring him in and that is the reason why we can't have nice things uh what else do we got leah uh can we get a step-by-step walkthrough of jesse's trip to chandler mall on the 24th jesse (laughs) i've been waiting for this let's go how did your last minute christmas shopping go please Please, we need this story. It
1: was so, so uh this is gonna blow some people's minds, but oh, my my already. last minute Christmas shopping did not take me to Chandler Mall uh no. this year. It still started at at the same time that I advertised. I left I left home at about 3 30, 4 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> but I went to Hobby Lobby and I went to Walmart and I was able to get everything we that I needed. You. Part of what? part of this, I have to say, part of this is courtesy of the PHNX Locker. I placed a very large order around Black Friday and was hey, able to have multiple
0: yeah. family hey, members. Hey, that covered. doesn't count. So, Wait, you went shopping beforehand? That's not fair. I, I know. I
1: I the PHNX Locker essentially saved my <laughs> my last minute Christmas shopping in in some ways because I had way fewer people to actually shop uh, for. Uh, but yeah, things things actually went surprisingly smoothly. I only wound up needing to buy one thing. Uh, which I found at Walmart reasonably quickly. Uh so you know what? Uh, another year of another year of 4 p.m. Christmas Eve Christmas <sighs> shopping in the books, and <sighs> I have yet to learn any lesson about doing this in any other way. So. Damn
0: it! Damn it!
1: I there need you, you to get
0: your comeuppance. I need you to have everything go wrong for you, Jesse. This isn't fair. This isn't fair to those of us that spend you know weeks shopping, and and we do that. <laughs> weeks at a time and here you are just coming along i did not
1: cart. i did not buy a single gift card uh i need to wow. dispel dispel that uh possible wow. possible thought about my, how my christmas shopping went there were no gift cards i will say there was i did give cash to one of my siblings but that was uh that was sort of an inside joke kind of a thing there was a little bit more to it so i didn't just straight up like just give him cash and that was it um but you know what all, all is well that ends well, Derek. And, if I continue to have so much success shopping at 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve every year, then that is that is what I will continue to do. So the people are just going to have to put up with it. I'm <laughs> calling the police.
0: I'm calling the police right now. I still can't believe that you got shopping done at Hobby Lobby. I mean, that actually sounds like a fun place to get Christmas gifts now that I'm thinking about it. I actually had a hard time, Jesse, finding a calendar for my wife, because apparently people don't use those things anymore. They're not a physical no. item that you can just go to the store and grab. Uh, but I did have a tremendous amount of luck at Staples on Christmas Eve myself, which was to no one's surprise, empty. I did not stand <laughs> in a line at Staples and I ended up getting pretty good stuff there. So, uh, I'm with you a little bit. Uh, anyway, I hate you and I hope that your shopping <laughs> goes terrible next year. That's all I <laughs> hope for. Uh, I'm sure you'll you, you have no problem. You'll have no problem having money to spend with your with your streak on DraftKings Sportsbook app. Of course, if you guys haven't done so already, make sure to grab the DraftKings Sportsbook app, download it, use our code of PHNX. That way you can get down on the free bets that we offer to you. If you place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game, you will get $150 in free bets. If they do, Uh, I would, this is where I would normally suggest uh, doing it on the suns betting on the suns. But uh, I don't know. I don't know that anymore. I'm not. That's that's out the window. I feel like my meetings with the mayor last week might've spoiled that because I projected that the suns were going to choke. I also uh, asked the diamondbacks to do something and they did so now i'm concerned that the whole choking thing might have uh really impacted the suns and i'm blaming <laughs> myself quite a bit here but uh go on and uh, i'll tell you put a bet on maybe the denver nuggets because they seem to be pretty much on fire uh mavericks also i hate all of them but whatever uh anyway uh bet bet on an nba team five dollar money line bet or more and you will get 150 dollars of free bets if they do uh Leah says that, of course, uh, muddy line on the on the coyote or puck line on the coyotes and you bet against the coyotes. Don't forget that. Uh, Aren't the, the coyotes are like pretty good at home, right? Is that is yeah, that the idea here? Uh, the thing is, is that the puck line is always two goals, essentially. So if the coyotes lose by one or win, then you still win. Right, so that's why Leah is suggesting the puck line there, which is a very smart move. Uh, and she says, "Yes, they're good at home. They're good at there home. You go. We know why. That fucking arena is incredible. All this, all this talk, all this, all this bashing of the mullet Arena, and it's an incredible place. Not only to watch hockey, but take it from me, it's an incredible place to watch lucha as well. So make sure to do that. But of course, the big thing you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our code of PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and of course i want to give a shout out to our guys at burrito express the homies at burrito express uh they not only keep us well supplied in breakfast burritos around the office but they are doing a service for the valley uh go buy a 25 burrito express gift card and they'll give you a free burrito that's it that's it you have somebody like Jet? did you forget to shop that's the place to go get a gift card. (laughs) Go get a gift card at a place that is going to give you a free burrito simply for buying a gift card there. There's no way you don't win that way. Head over to your nearby Burrito Express location today. Remember... Even their bean and cheese burrito is incredible. So you can't, you can't go wrong at burrito express, but shout out to them for, uh, making me look forward to Mondays. We, we are home today. Jesse and I are home. We're coming to you remotely this week. And I've never been more sad about the fact that I'm not in the office. Cause right now Leah is backstage on this very program. We're using <laughs> to bring you this fine show, just fucking flaunting her burrito in the camera. Leah, come up on, come on up. Let's, I'm going to add, let's add her to the stream. Look at this. Look at this! This is what she's doing to me while I'm talking about me not getting my burrito. With oh the green- no,
1: no, the green no. sauce!
0: Did you? You better not have taken all the green sauce. I'm checking. No, back. I'm not, Michaela. Yeah, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna <laughs> check back the desk when we get back. Make sure there's no burritos being stashed in there. But anyway, uh, shout out to Burrito Express, of course. We love it, uh, Michael. You do need to try Burrito Express. Do not, do not miss out. Do not hesitate. Stop it's by any of locations. It's genuinely,
1: genuinely incredible. I've never really been is. like a like a huge like burrito savant or anything, but burrito express, they, they do it pretty well. That's right. That's right. So
0: of course we thank you guys for being here. Mailbag Monday is nothing without you. Thank you guys for being here in the chat and for sending us your questions. Uh, we are still going to be talking about Gabriel Moreno all week long. So uh, if you, if that's what you're here for, I feel like we, stick around. I feel
1: like we, we like only scratch the surface. Like our headline today is, is Gabriel Moreno the franchise catcher, the Arizona Diamondbacks been seeking like, we like we haven't even really haven't started to it. talk about this yeah. guy yet,
0: so be yeah. sure to be sure to stick with us through the whole week. That's right, that's right, and of course, in the meantime, you can catch us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at phnx underscore dbacks, but of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys again so much for being here in the chat. We appreciate all of our Blue Jays fans for stopping by, even the ones that wanted to tell us how bad Moreno and Lourdes are. We appreciate you giving us this information. You guys are.
1: <laughs> Did anyone fans. actually say that? I feel like were, every Blue Jays fan who uh, has showed up has been very cordial and has said, I mean, You guys got two incredible players. That seems to be the recurring comment I'm seeing over and over again. Maybe I, mean, I missed I, one or two.
0: I get it. Yeah, you might have missed one or two. There were some in here. I, I need to scroll back here a little bit. But of course, no, I mean, I think the thing is is that uh the Toronto fans are very uh very familiar with these guys. I think that they know that uh, you know, Loris Goriel might be a little bit uh kind of like the opposite of our show, a bit, right? He's Where the like numbers a- He's like the a fan favorite, better. though. Like, he's yeah, a fan favorite.
1: Him, yeah. The I've heard, like, Blue Jays fans, I think more than anything with Gurriel, are just kind of devastated to lose, like, just the person that he is. Like, if you go back and watch some videos of Lourdes Gurriel Jr., he's had some pretty funny moments in his uh, in his big league career over in Toronto. So, uh, I'm sure D-backs fans have plenty of plenty of entertainment value awaiting them with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, now being an Arizona
0: Diamondback. Yep, exactly. Uh, Benjamin Hunley says, it sounds like Guriel was the Blue Jays' David Peralta. That's a great comparison. I know he kept us very entertained with his hijinks, so uh, I look forward to Guriel doing the same. Uh, (laughs) Like I said, we thank you guys for being here. Follow us all on Twitter, all that stuff. Until next time, we appreciate you guys stopping by. On behalf of Jesse, Leah, Leah's burrito, and myself, we thank you guys so much for the time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when you can get excited about having all of the top prospects.